Exodus Health Center podcast. These seminars are recorded live on Monday nights at 7 p.m. at the Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, where we believe that God needs no help, just no interference. Tonight's workshop is entitled Never Get Sick Again, where you can discover how to boost your immune system to the point where you are nearly impenetrable by outside forces. It's presented by Dr. David Jockers. And now, here's Dr. David. All right. So good little video right there, right? That's pretty cool. Showing how the uh, immune system uh, takes action there. All right, so obviously, you know, our, our focus today, and you guys saw a little bit of, about how that immune system works. So our focus today is really how to build the immune system up so we never get sick again. So who in the last year has had a cold or fever or flu or anything like that? Probably, probably most hands would go up, right? And so imagine, so, so I was looking up some statistics. They said the average individual in our society will, will miss... 10 days of work or school or something li- along those lines with a cold, fever, or flu, right? So 10 days. Not to mention that they'll have probably about 23 days, right? So somewhere around 23 days where they just feel run down, right? So that's 33 days in general out of the year for the average individual. So imagine you could reverse that, right, and never get sick again. Who's, wi- who's, who's in on that, right? Awesome, good. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So guys, Growing up, just a little bit about myself, most of you guys know me, but just, uh, you know, growing up, you know, I, w- I would get sick often. In fact, uh, we're going to talk about kind of why that is, right, why children get sick more than, typically more than adults, right? But I would get sick often, and uh, in fact, every year I would, I would typically use up my, um, my school absence days, right? And uh, maybe only a quarter of them were because I was playing hooky, right? So, <laughs> so a lot of them was because I was sick. I had colds, fevers, flus, things like that. But, uh, you know, since I started really living this maximized living lifestyle, um, really, I, I guess I really started taking action on this about five years ago, okay? Over the last four and a half years, I can still remember the last time when I was in graduate school that, uh, that I had a really bad fever. Ever since then, I haven't had a cold, haven't had a fever, haven't had a flu, nothing like that. And so, you know, it's been four and a half years, and my intention is that I never get that way again, right? And so I'm not, never planning on, on, on ending up like that. And I'm going to explain to you today exactly how um, we're going to be able to do that. So first thing when we're, when we're going into this um, is obviously, you know, in our society. And who, who here watches the news? Anybody? Right? So a lot of people. So you see this scrolling around from time to time, especially last year, right? What was the big scare last year? H1N1, right? H1N1 flu, right? And so everybody talking about the flu. Anybody here a healthcare worker? Anybody? Right, so exactly, so right there in the back, exactly. Um, and so, Lori, is that you? Yeah, so that's why I figured. So, you know, healthcare workers, right, especially, right, what do they really push on us hard? Flu shot, flu shot right, exactly. So, it, I mean, they're constantly pushing the flu shot, things like that. Now, just this, this workshop's not on the flu shot. However, something you need to know is that there's over 200 different strains of the flu. At best, the, the researchers, at best, they pick three strains that they think will be circulating the next year, right? And they make the, because of course they make the flu shot the year before, right? For the following year. At best, they pick three out of over 200 strains and they try to predict it, 
right? And so the chances of them actually predicting the right strains um, is almost unheard of, right? So they typically get it, statistics say, they typically get one of them right about 23% of the time, one of the strains, right? And so, you know, chances are that, uh, you know, that it's, not, it's really not a good gamble, not to mention everything else that comes along with a flu shot. Fortunately, though, you know, we don't necessarily need that. I think most of you guys in, in this room kind of understand now, that's what we're going to go into, really, where, where real health comes from, okay? And so, when we look at this, and this is really, you know, we got to understand, first off, you know, the right mindsets. And guys, I do have some great chairs right up front, so if anybody wants, we got some comfortable chairs right up here. Um, so, first thing we got to do is really understand our, our mindset, because in our society, right, our mindset is, is, is that of fear, right? That we're, we're genetically determined to get sick, to get diseases, right, and um, that we really don't have a whole lot of control over those things, okay, like who's been told that, um, you know, if your family had heart disease, you're going to get it, who's heard that before, probably a lot of people, right, and it's the same thing with, with, uh, with viruses, right, bacteria, so we're, so what are we told, if somebody else is coughing and sneezing, we're told to do what, stay away from them, right, are you guys with me on that, right, or if somebody, you know, I hear it all the time, somebody's, you know, sneezing, coughing, right, they have, they have feverish symptoms, you guys can come right up here, yep, they have feverish symptoms, you know, they'll, they'll tell me, well, I didn't want to come in, right? I didn't want to come into the office because I wasn't feeling good. I didn't want to give it to anybody else, right? So we're, we're told, you know, this whole thought process that, you know, when we, when we have bacteria, viruses, all these things, when, when we're expressing symptoms in our body, that, that, that those symptoms are contagious, okay? And so here's the thing, guys, to a degree they are, but the reality is, really, it always comes down to the quality of the host. And I can't remember, I was talking to somebody today, uh, maybe it was Leslie, it may, may have been you. We talked about the bubonic plague, for example, right? So that was you, right, Leslie? Yep. So we talked about the bubonic plague. So most of you guys have heard of the bubonic plague, right? Back in the 1400s, wiped out almost half the population. But here's the thing. There were people, right, who were exposed to the bubonic plague, okay, and they never got it, right? So they never got the bubonic plague. And, um, you know, a lot of people did. A lot of people died, unfortunately, right? But there were a lot of people who didn't get it. And does anybody get the bubonic plague now? No, it's unheard of, right? Now, did they have a bubonic plague vaccine back then? They never did, did they, right? But as a species, our bodies adapted, right? And so here is the general rule. And we're going to talk about this. What does not kill you only makes you stronger. stronger. That's right, exactly. Right. And so what we've got to do is make sure our body is strong. And as we go on, I'm going to talk, explain how this works. And so the thought process that we have in maximized living is completely different than the thought process that is throwing all these commercials and all these fear tactics. Right. About the flu, about H1N1 and about everything else that you hear. OK. And this mindset says this, that God created our bodies with the most incredible ability to self heal. Right. So first John 4, 4 says greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world, right? And so taking that into, into reality, taking that into our bodies, what we've got to understand is that God put the most incredible system in our bodies that, no, that, that man has not been able to replicate, right? Even though we can make incredible computers and we have incredible technology, we can't replicate the human being, right? And so he put the most amazing, incredible power within us that, Becky, if you had a cut on your hand, right, what immediately starts happening to that cut? It does what to itself? It heals itself, right? Exactly. So our cuts heal themselves, right? Everything in our body is constantly in a state of healing. 
And so that's what we've got to understand. And it all comes from the inside out. So I'm going to give you guys a lot of tips as far as nutrition, right? We're going to go into nutrition tonight. We're going to go into herbs. We're going to go into some of these things. But the most important thing we can understand is where all healing comes, right? And does it come in, in the form of a pill or a herb or a supplement? No. Where does it come? From your body, right? From God within your body. Exactly. Downloaded into your system. And so cellular healing, guys, that we're made up of 75 to 100 trillion cells. That every single day we make 100 billion new cells. That our body is constantly in this never-ending state of healing. So, you know, Joyce, when we think about this, what that means is that every, that, that in your heart, right, you have 70 billion cells in your heart. Every seven months you have a new heart, right? Every six months, Becky, you have a new liver, right? Every three to five days we have a new stomach lining. That Our body's constantly in this never-ending state of healing. And it's that same power that, that literally drives our immune system, drives our ability to heal. So when we're looking at that, understanding at ourselves at the cellular level, okay, because all disease, right, it's, it, it doesn't just all of a sudden take over an organ. It starts where? At the cellular level, right? So it starts right at the cellular level. So we've got to understand healing from that perspective. So here's a term. Just a little bit of terminology for you guys so you guys can understand this. Who's heard of homeostasis? Who's heard that term before? Anybody take science class? Jackson? You study in science, you, you, biology, had to have heard of homeostasis, right? Have you? Okay, so this term right here, I wrote, I wrote Jackson a, a, a doctor's note so that he can uh, be here today, even though he's homeschooled and his mom's right there. So <laughs> said this is an important part of his schooling. Okay, so homeostasis means maintaining a stable internal environment. So everything in our body is about getting back to this state of homeostasis, really a better term okay, is called homeodynamic equilibrium. And what that means is that everything's changing and adapting, but our body's always looking for a set point that it can stick to, right? It wants to stick to a, a specific set point, and, uh, and, and then it will be happy and it will be able to adapt effectively. And so, for example, right, the typical set point for blood pressure, right, what do we say is a good blood pressure? 120 over 80, right? So that's what we've always learned. Now they're saying 115 over 75. Here's what happens, though. In our body, when we start to obviously have problems and our body's not healing the way that it's supposed to, that set point will rise. So typically, the arterioles will get inflamed, right? There's, there's, there's inflammation in the arterioles, or we have a systemic stress response in our body, usually one of those two things. And what happens is the, the arteries aren't able to dilate the way they're supposed to, right? They, get, they start to develop scar tissue, so they're not able to dilate their, the way they're supposed to. So now they can't respond the same way, so the blood pressure starts to raise, right? But our body readapts the set point. So once, once it gets to a certain level, it's not able to really control it to where it wants to. So it just readapts that set point. And now it says, okay, you know, right here, now I'm 130 over 90 is now my new normal, right, for my body, okay? And it will set that response. And when it gets too high, it stimulates something called baroreceptors, right, that will drop it down, right, that will start to dilate vessels, and it has all these checks and balances, okay? So our body is, has, has a million checks and balance systems in order to stabilize blood pressure, in order to stabilize uh, tissue pH, right, in order to stabilize um, all of these major functions within our body. And it's, it's kind of, it's, I mean, I could do a whole workshop on that alone, but just want, want you guys to have a general idea of that. Is it a little chilly in here? Anybody a little chilly? Right? Um, you guys Okay. Is anybody cold? Because I'll tell them to turn off the fans. Okay? You guys let me know. So as we go through here, okay, 
we're looking at this, we know that all disease, so let's take a look, all disease, the cause of all disease comes down to this, at the cellular level, toxicity or deficiency, right? So um, when you're deficient, what that means is your cells don't have enough of the required ingredients for, the, for homeostasis, right? So if you don't have enough zinc, your body is deficient in zinc, that's going to throw your homeostasis out of whack, right? And it's going to cause problems in your body. If you don't have enough potassium, right? It's going to throw your body out of whack. You don't have enough antioxidants, right? You don't have enough nerve supply, effective nerve supply getting out to the organs. Any one of these critical things, you don't have enough hydration in your body, it's going to throw us out of whack. The other big thing is toxicity, right? So when the cells become too toxic, it drives them away from homeostasis. So, right, Francois, you're here, and we've talked a lot about this, right? When your body has Right? When, when you have, for example, amalgam fillings, okay? and probably a lot of you guys have those, okay? and, they're, and they're starting to seep mercury into your system, or, you have, or, or say you were exposed to a heavy amount of pesticides early on in life. You live near a, uh, a farm that used heavy pesticides, whatever it is, it was in your water stream. Right? What happens then is you're taking in so many toxins that the cells become so damaged and so sick, and there's so, many, there's so much free radical damage that... You're, that, that you're building disease, right? That your body is not thriving, but instead it's, it's getting sick. So both of those things move us away from that homeostasis. So disease, when we look at this, and this is very simple for us to understand, and it's key that we have this perspective. And, and the reason why I go into this kind of depth is because most people think they're healthy until what? Until they don't feel good, right? Or they get sick, okay? And I'll tell you, my grandfather, he felt great. He, in fact, the day... This happened, he had played golf, played a good game of golf, came home to open a sliding glass door to let the cat in. And a lot of you guys know this story, right? Started pulling on the door, door was locked. He didn't know it was locked. So he, so he pulled harder and what happened to his arm? Some of you guys know, right? It fractured, right? Arm dropped down, right? We rushed from the hospital. You, sh you shouldn't break your arm opening a door, right? Who does that? We rushed from the hospital. When they did a biopsy, they found out that he had metastatic cancer that had spread throughout his body into his bones. The oncologist said, the cancer probably started, right, started growing rapidly about 20 years ago, right? So 20 years of cancer growing in his body, and he never knew it was there, okay? Why? Because nobody ever told him that health comes, right, from the inside out, and that health comes when your body is pure and sufficient, right? He never knew about that. He thought as long as he was feeling good, as long as he was making his medical checkups, he was fine, right? And um, he was taught wrong, and because of that, obviously, he had to go out the way that he did. So it's so key that we understand this, right? Because as we start to build health in our body, you're going to feel good, okay? And a lot of people, they start feeling good and they think, well, I can just, um, I can start to slack off, right? But the reality is we've got to understand every single day, just like that cartoon show that we watched in the beginning, every single day our body is either, either building health, right, and, and moving towards our potential, okay, or it's building sickness and disease and, and moving towards death every single day with every interaction. So what we want to do is constantly provide an environment that allows our body to flourish. And so you take a look at this right here. We've got a cell membrane, right? And we've got you know only some of the nutrients coming in. So this is a cell membrane, obviously, that's not functioning the way that it's supposed to. It's only able to bring in a certain amount of nutrients because some of the carrier enzymes, right, the body is deficient in, doesn't have the enzymatic function that it needs, right? So what happens? It only is, it's only able to bring some of the nutrients in, and then it's only eliminating some of the wastes. 
So over time, it's going to accumulate a lot of waste products. On the flip side, you take a look at this cell right here. Nutrients are coming in, being used, and they're going out, right? So obviously, which one is going to last longer? One on the right, exactly. It's obviously functioning better, and it's going to uh, provide an environment that allows us to, to heal and, and, and to do well. So let's take a look at this in a, in a, for, as an example, okay? So you see a wilted plant, okay? So you see a wilted plant. What is your first thought? Needs water, right? That's the first thing we naturally think. Do we think, man, that thing needs an antibiotic, right? Do we ever think that? No. No. Man, it must need a blood pressure pill or, um, you know, or a Tylenol or something like that. We never think that, do we? Right? So obviously it needs, it needs that. But let's say we gave it water, okay? We gave it, you know, enough water, but it still was wilted, okay? Is water all that plant needs? Needs sun, right? Exactly. So now... We, we, you know, let's say it was sitting in a, you know, a dark place in the, in a, you know, it was in the shade or something like that. So now we put it in the sun. Okay, obviously we know it needs sun. So now it's getting sun and it's getting water. Is that all it needs? No, right? That's right. It needs nutrients, right? So it needs good fertile land, right? So if it's on barren land, obviously, you know, nutrient deficient land, um, it's going to be hard for it to thrive. So it needs good healthy soil, right? So maybe we get some worms in there, we get some good topsoil, put all of that in there. Okay, so we got basically all the nutrients and everything that, that we need, right? But it's still wilted. Okay, what else do we need to check? What if they're pumping diesel fuel down the road, right? And it's contaminating the land, right? You can give it all the nutrients, the sun and the water, but what's happening, right? It's still building sickness. You guys see that? Right? So it's got to be in the right environment in order for it to thrive. And it's the same thing with our bodies. So let's take a look at it, this from our personal example. Right? So what should we do for a sick child? Right? So our child is sick. Okay? It's got a fever. Let's say it's 102 degrees. Okay? Now, typically in our society, what's the first thing we think? Bring them where? To the doctor and get what? Antibiotic, right? It's the first thing we typically think of in our society. Did we address water, nutrients, toxicity, right? Did we address any of those things? Sunlight, right? Did we address those? Typically not, right? In our society, usually we're not doing that. Usually it's like, child's sick, bring them to the doctor, okay? So obviously we've got to really rethink this. We want to address the cause. So this is a term right here. It's called hormesis, all right? And so hormesis means basically... It's a theory that says that when we're exposed to toxic substances, right, and environmental challenges, they're actually, in small amounts, they're actually beneficial for our body, okay? So it's actually beneficial for our body when we do that. The basic biological trait, okay, is your organism's ability to resist and adapt appropriately to both internal and external stresses. So like, for example, an internal stress would be like, for example, having mercury in our body. That's an internal stress. Right? Another internal stress is, um, for example, a stress response in our body or inflammation in our body, you know, different things like that. Digestive processes, right? We eat a big meal. That's stressful. Thanksgiving, that was stressful on our digestive system, right? I mean, it, it really was, right? So, absolutely. And so, external stresses, of course, you know, that's, that's anything from, coming from the outside, right? So, obviously, you know, we're driving a car. We've got to, you know, navigate around, you know, different obstacles, uh, we've got, you know, people, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're walking, 
you know, um, you know, in a busy uh, in a busy store or something. We've got to obviously navigate our, our way around different obstacles. The the whole time our body is adapting, it's changing. Also, we've got you know radiation, we've got cell phone waves, we've got you know bad food going into our body. All those things, right? Is basically our body's got to continually adapt to that. So the hallmark of aging is this, and this is key to understand. I know you, a lot of you guys are like, well, this is some in-depth stuff, but this is key to understand. The hallmark of aging is the organism, so our body's inability to withstand stress. So stress is actually, believe it or not, what makes us stronger because what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger, right? So we need stress in order to grow and to become stronger as a human being, right? So we need stress, whether it's mental stress, physical stress, psycholo- you know, spiritual stress, right? We need those things because spiritual stress, right? What does it say in James? It says, you know, I count it all joy, my brethren, when I encounter various trials, right? So he gives the perfect understanding of that because he says, you know what? That's a great thing because that's going to allow me to grow in, in my perseverance, right? It's going to allow me to grow in, in my steadfastness, right? So he's given an example of how you grow from your tribulation spiritually. So let's think about it physically, Okay, who here? Who's here for our uh, our surge training class on Saturday? Mike, right? Mike was there. Okay, now that was tough, wasn't it? Right. So to get a good workout in, right, you got to challenge your body. It, it can be challenging. It can be hard. Okay. However, your body adapts to that. It grows. It becomes stronger. Becomes more resilient. You see that? So it's when you're when you're exercising, you're actually believe it or not, you're breaking down scar tissue, you're actually creating stress and damage, free radical damage in your body. However, it's a necessary stress in order to make your body grow stronger. There's a principle called overload. It's the overload principle. So what principle? Overload. Good. I'm going to check with you guys, make sure nobody's uh, passing out here on me. Okay. Overload principle says this. It says, if here is our stress tolerance, right? Let's say it's right here. Here's our, our starting point. Okay. We want to do this. We want to challenge that line so it grows stronger, okay? We don't want to obviously overshoot it, right? Because then it's too much stress for our body, but we want to challenge it and grow stronger. Now, here's what happens. When we're living this maximized living life, okay, our homeostasis, our homeostatic level for stress becomes higher, right? So we're able to withstand more stress and able to grow from that. When we're not, when our body is toxic, when we're deficient, then we're down here, right? So it doesn't take much stress and we get way overloaded, right? And we're just like, oh my gosh, right? And our body starts, you know, obviously having symptoms and issues and things like that, right? Because we're not able, we don't have the systems available, right? In order to really handle a whole lot of stress. So key essentials, right? Our daily environment, what kind of stressful environment, what kind of toxins we're around, our lifestyle and our metabolic capacity. So this point that I was talking about, guys, that's our metabolic capacity, okay? So let's say, like, like if I went out, or uh, even Karen, I know Karen, you run a lot of these races, right? So if you went out and we said, okay, here's a 5K, you'd be able to go out and, you know, do your, do your thing on your 5K because you've been doing it, right? However, right, if we took somebody who's, who hasn't been exercising regularly, right, and we just said, okay, go run this 5K, okay, how do you feel afterwards? You feel sore, right? So metabolic capacity is something you build up. Right, so, so let's look at this in action. So exercise increases stress in our body. Okay? However, as long as that exercise doesn't overload our system, right? doesn't, doesn't go well beyond, it should overload us, 
but it, sh it shouldn't blow us out. So as long as it doesn't do that, we make positive adaptations. Those adaptations mean we become stronger, we, we become more resilient human beings, okay? Um, let's take a look at this, chicken pox exposure, chicken pox, right? So I, I don't know, I, I, they should be doing it these days. Nowadays, they, they're, they're trying to rely on this vaccine that's dangerous, but who remembers the days when um, if you got chicken pox, right? Or if, if one of your friends got chicken pox, what did mom and dad do? They brought you over there as a child, right? So that you could get it, right? Because then what does your body do? It adapts, builds up an immunity, right? Create, exactly, creates antibodies naturally so that way you don't get it later on in life. So here's what's happened. People who don't get chicken pox early in life, right? And it's just happening more and more with the vaccine, okay? They're more at risk for getting herpes later in life, herpes zoster, okay? So, which is, um, which is a very, very painful um, form of chicken pox that affects the nerve fibers. And what they found is that kids that are getting this vaccine, there's a high percentage of them, right, that are getting herpes zoster virus, right, well, getting um, shingles, I should say, it's shingles, right, they're getting that at a younger and younger age. It used to be something that adults would get, now they're getting at younger and younger ages, so obviously dangerous. So look at this right here, exposure to dirt and dander, okay, as a child or throughout our life, right, so increases stress, so you see a child right here, okay, it's a positive adaptation. What they found is that children that were raised on farms, okay, significantly lower risk of, of having asthma and allergies as kids that were raised in sterile environments, right, where, where mom and dad are using like Windex on everything and, and antibacterial soaps and stuff like that. Kids that grew up on farms, significantly lower risk asthma and allergies because they're around all of these natural allergens. So what happens is their body produces a natural immunity to it and, and that's key early in life, especially, because your immune system is like a muscle, okay? In the first 10 years of your life, it is so critical that your immune system has challenges so it can grow in strength, right? So it can get stronger and stronger. If we miss that critical window, it really sets us back. So if you have children, or obviously if, if you remember back to when your children were young like this, or you were young like this, in the first 10 years of life, it is completely normal for children to get, you know, quote unquote sick, to get viruses, right? To, um, to have strep throat, to have ear infections, things like that, because the immune system is immature at that period of time, right? And it needs that challenge and that stress to grow stronger so that way later in life, it's got the immune muscles ready to, to handle whatever comes its way. Does that make sense to everybody, right? So it's developing, it's growing during that stage. Right, and so when we look at this immune muscles, what obviously what doesn't kill us only makes us what stronger. stronger. That's the idea we got to have, right? Exposure to natural God-form microbes, right, and other toxins stimulates the immune system to adapt and grow stronger. So I always say this: bacteria and viruses, right? God made those, didn't he? Right? I mean, God made bacteria. He made strep. He made staph, right? Staph aureus, right? All these dangerous. Bacteria. He made E. coli. He made, um, you know, salmonella. He made all of these things, different things, right? He made them for a purpose and a reason. Okay, and their job is this very important job. It's to break down decaying matter. Okay, let me say that again. Bacteria, and if you want to quote me on this, you definitely can. Bacteria, viruses. Their job is to break down decaying matter. Our job 
is to not become decaying matter. Does that make sense? Right? <laughs> They're doing a job because if they didn't break down decaying matter, we would have all these dead bodies, right, everywhere, right? Dead animals, dead people, right, all over the place. They have a very, very key job. But our job is, right, to not become decaying matter. And remember, right, the power within us is greater than any power in the world. First John 4, 4, right? It says it right there. So the biggest key is supporting the immune system during those challenging times. So let's look at this. Healing crisis. This is key that we understand this. If the body's healing forces are on the offensive or ascending, a healing crisis develops. So what we're going we're, what we're gonna to do is let's say we, we come up against a very, very powerful challenge. Maybe it's a bacterial challenge, a viral challenge, right? Just a massive amount of toxicity, whatever it is. So we got to understand this. So we can have a healing crisis or a defensive disease crisis. And so this is what happens. A disease crisis develops if the body's on the defensive and then toxins, right? Toxic products are not fully eliminated and the body adapts itself to them. It creates a new balance, right? A new homeodynamic balance that um, is not where it really should be, right? So it habituates the disease process basically, right? So disease is forming, it habituates to it, okay? stores them and functions at a lower energy level. I always give this example of how this works. Years ago, right, back when I was eating junk food, things like that, I could go out to, um, you know, to uh, McDonald's, right, and, you know, have, have some French fries, have a Big Mac, and I'd probably feel fine, right? I'd be like, okay, fine. I remember I used to eat Taco Bell, right, stuff like that, and I always felt fine. You know, I'd feel a little bit drowsy later on. Obviously, my blood sugar would be all out of whack, okay, but I, but I felt fine. Now, if I went over and I eat McDonald's, how would I feel? Sick, right? I'd probably be throwing up. Okay, you'd walk by me, right? Somebody else could go over there, right, that eats there regularly, could go over there and eat it, and they'd feel great. They're like, oh, I feel great, okay? And I'm sick. I'm throwing up. I'm puking it up, okay? But who's really the sick one? The one eating it and not getting rid of it, right? Because is there anything edible in McDonald's food? Right? I mean, is there any nutrient value? There is no nutrients, right? So the best thing our body could po possibly do, there's way more toxins than there are nutrients. The best thing our body could possibly do is, is get rid of it, right? Throw it up because it's a net loss for our body. You understand that? All the enzymes we've got to use in order to break down that food, we lose way more energy than we gain by eating McDonald's, right? So what happens is this, guys is that a natural, healthy response would be, I would be throwing it up, okay? However, because people habituate to this sick disease process, that their body knows that the best it can possibly get at getting any kind of nutrients, any kind of uh, you know, macro and micronutrients into the system is what it just ate. And so because of that, it's going to do the best it possibly can. It amazes me. It's so amazing how the body works. How can somebody eat McDonald's, pizza, right, and... Uh, you know, ice cream and somehow live like 40, 50 years, right? How does that happen? How does it turn that, which is like almost nutrient-less, into living, breathing matter? How does it do that? It's incredible, right? We're giving it completely dead food, yet somehow we're creating life out of it. It's unbelievable. However, we're not creating optimal life out of it, and that's really what we're mostly interested in. So see this right here. Healing crisis, when you're having a healing crisis, nothing wrong with that, guys. And I'm going to talk about how this works. Severe symptoms shouldn't last longer than three days, right? Um, if appropriate, natural measures are taken. And that is really critical to understand because for some of you guys, 
your immune system has been damaged for so long. Thank God I made a lot of these changes when I was about 24, 25, and I had started making changes before that. Okay, I started getting adjusted regularly, getting my nerve system cleaned up when I was about 22, 23. Um, I started making dietary changes when I was probably about 19, 20, and uh, they've evolved over time. I've, I've always exercised, right? I've always, I've been, always been good at keeping my stress down. So I had an advantage, right, to where my adaptation process didn't take as long as some people's. Okay, some of you guys, right, you've had 40, 50, you know, maybe 60 years of massive damage to your body. It's going to take time for your immune system and your body to adapt so effectively that you never get sick again. Okay, so number one is some of you guys really have to understand that. That is a key point. It's going to take time, right? But every year that you apply these principles, you're going to get better and better, stronger and stronger. Your set point's going to be higher. Is that, does that make sense to everybody? Right? But here's what we got to understand, the difference between a healing crisis and a disease crisis. So a disease crisis is going to last a while, right? Um, that healing crisis we're going to be able to sustain within a couple days. So let's look at this. Early symptoms, when our body is tired and fatigued, lethargic, runny nose, dehydration, headache, increased temperature, chills, right? Biggest thing we got to understand about these is they are not bad, right? Typically we think, I'm exhausted, I have a headache, right? this is bad, give me something so it goes away, right? That's typically what we think, don't we? That's not bad. These are warning signs and these are signs that our body is giving us, right, so that we slow down. So that it's saying, you know what, my system's a little bit overstressed, let's slow down so that way I can build up this immune response and I can adapt effectively. So we gotta understand that. We wanna honor our symptoms, very important, critical to the healing detoxifying process, right? Warning signs that we need to slow down, divert energy to our immune system. We have three energy systems that are, three systems that are constantly competing for energy. That is your immune system, your digestive system, and your kinetic system. So kinetic system would be moving around, right? So after you eat a big meal, what do they say about swimming? Don't swim for what? Like, a, like an hour later, right? Why? Because we need energy for our digestive system. If we're using our kinetic system at the same time, same thing with exercise in general, right? We're stealing energy, so we're not going to get a good digestive process. And if we're not getting that good digestive process, oftentimes we'll get a cramp, right? Not to mention that we just won't effectively assimilate our nutrients. That's why after you eat, right? So after you eat, you should be kind of in a relaxed state. This is also why it's important, unless I've given you specific recommendations to do this, not to eat before you go to bed, right? Because when you're sleeping, out of those three systems, your digestive system, your immune system, and your kinetic system, which system needs to be heightened? Your immune, exactly. That's when your body heals. That's when it does the best, the, the largest process of replacing and rebuilding those cells takes place at night. That's why it's so key that, you know, if we're eating a big meal right before we go to bed, where our immune system loses some of that energy, right? We're not able to effectively really supply our immune system. So that is really, really key that we understand that. It's also why I recommend for people to work out, right, get their exercise in first thing in the morning in an empty stomach. So all the energy can go right into that kinetic system. We don't want these energy systems competing. We want them to have their own specific time so they can function at a high level, right? So very key that we do that. So let's look at fevers, guys. Fevers, very critical, right? In our society, right, so you, you have a child, the child, so let's, let's use Cooper for an example. So Cooper gets sick, right, which he's going to. You're going to have to understand, you know, you, you understand that. He's going to, okay? His fever gets up, right? It's 102, 103 degrees. Now, typically in our society, we do what? 
we panic, right? We get worried, we panic about it. Look at this right here. 103 degrees, that's when bacteria are killed, right? So micro, the reason why our body raises the temperature is not, to, um, is, is not to just give us a hard time, right? It's not to uh, just make us sweat or any, anything like that. It's not even to just get rid of toxins, but very specifically, it knows that microorganisms, okay, that they can only survive at a certain temperature range. So when that temperature range goes up, the key is to kill those things off. Our body, believe it or not, our tissue can survive up to about 107 degrees, right? In fact, if it's 105, I don't, I'm not worried. Bless you. I'm not worried about 105 degree temperature, right? All I know is let's, let's just keep the body moving in the right direction, keep providing what it needs, right? And allow it to kill off whatever it needs to kill off, okay? 104 degrees, viruses are killed, right? So very critical that we understand that. Let that fever burn and let's just support the system because guess what? The body knows better than we do, right? The body itself and the power that God put within our body is way more intelligent than me, way more intelligent than you, way more intelligent than any doctor in the world, right? It knows exactly what it's doing. We just want to help support it. That's all, that's all it needs, okay? I always tell people, and the, the big thing we always talk about in here is God needs no help, just no interference, interference right? Get out of his way, right? Support his system, and let it do its job. So let's go into this real quick. Immune cells, okay? So we, we saw it on the video. We have a Th1 and a Th2 system. And who read that um, newsletter that I sent out about those systems? Nobody read that newsletter, right? <laughs> Some of you guys did? Good. If you're not reading the newsletters, you are missing incredibly valuable information. A lot of people say, how do you learn all this stuff? People always tell me this. I'm like, listen, I've been reading articles Literally, I mean, just for years and years and years. And if you just even just read the articles I send out, I'm sending out two a week. If you just read those articles, really try to do your best to understand that information, you will be a healthcare leader. You will, you will actually become somewhat of a guru when it comes to healthcare, like a lot of my patients are. Right? A lot of you guys, some of you guys that are sitting in the room are because you've been really studying this stuff. So this is key. TH1 system, all right? So T helper cells, they're the ones that sound the alarm. So this is kind of like the internal SWAT team. And we have these natural killer cells and cytotoxic T cells. So this right here, okay, is our, it's called our innate immunity, right? So it's innate immunity. It's kind of our first line, right, that comes in and starts attacking. We also have police sergeants. Those are our T regulatory cells and T suppressor cells. These guys right here, okay, so these guys, they go after the bad guys, right? However, the problem is these guys have a really bad temper. Okay, let's look at it this way. These guys have a really bad temper, natural killer cells, right? They will also damage our own individual cells. As long as the regulatory and the suppressor cells inhibit the killer cells from doing too much damage, we stay in check, right? That's our homeostasis, our homeodynamic balance. We stay in check there. However, if there is interference in this system, it starts to almost be, it, one of two things happens. Either it becomes very weak, right? These guys become weak or these guys become weak. When these guys become weak, we have problems. Our body's not really able to effectively fight off sickness and disease, right? Things like cancer start to develop. When these things become weak, then now the natural killer cells, the cytotoxic cells, they start to damage literally damage our cells, and we get something called autoimmune response, right? So who's heard of autoimmune diseases, right? When our body attacks itself. That's because 
these guys right here, okay, they're not functioning the way that they're supposed to. That Th1 system is a little bit blind, and it's malcoordinated, okay? Th2 system is the B cells, right? So when we get a vaccine, a vaccine is stimulating the Th2 system. One of the problems with vaccines is it causes a shift where our body, instead of utilizing effectively this Th1 system, oftentimes will cause an overdominance in the Th2 system and can cause problems. So let's look at this. So you see this autoimmune disease, okay? So Th1 system is down, Th2 system is high, and what this is really referring to is the, um, the natural T helper and T suppressor cells, right? So our, there's nothing naturally balancing it. Here, right here, cancer, okay? Obviously, you know, Th1 system is, is elevated, particularly um, the T helper and the T regulators. And so what happens, right? We're not able to effectively isolate abnormal cells in our body, right? Which cancer is really an immune deficiency for a long period of time. We're not really able to regulate those and um, so we're not able to balance it. So really, natural balance, obviously, is when these two are even. And the way that we do immune modulation, okay, and we're going to talk about certain herbs that help balance the immune system, is that we either increase or decrease depending on, right, what our body needs to do. And again, the body knows best, okay? So one herb that is a very, very powerful immune modulator that everybody in this room should be taking on a regular basis, using it and applying it into meals, is turmeric, right? Who uses that right now? Good, awesome. You guys are doing great. Keep using turmeric. Put it in as much things as possible, right? I always talk about using it in the shake, right? If you're eating um, grains like brown rice, putting it in the grains, putting it into uh, meat, meat sources, things like that, hummus, as much as possible. Turmeric is one of the most powerful things you can do to stabilize your immune system. Another great immune modulator is ginger. Also, uh, um, Ginger and uh, boswellia is another great one. Vitamin D, we're going to talk about these. So you guys see this simple process right here? See, so it makes sense, right? <laughs> All right, piece of cake, right? You can draw that. Good. All right, so TH1 support. So to go into this just briefly, and that newsletter really kind of gives you an understanding of this. Here are some different herbs that help boost your TH1 system, okay? So echinacea, astragalus, right? Licorice root extract. Some different things like this. And especially, this is really important to understand if you do have an autoimmune disease, okay? But also, if your immune system just, you just seem like it's out of whack, here's one thing that you can try. You can try taking a whole bunch, now you can get specific blood work done to see which system is out of whack. You can also try this. Take a whole bunch of echinacea and see if you notice an increase in symptoms and just, um, this is called an immune challenge, right? An increase in symptoms, an increase uh, in, uh, just uh, overall, you just don't feel as good, right? And so that might mean that your TH1 system is already elevated and you're creating more of an imbalance. So that lets you know, let's, stay, let's move away, let's drift away from these things and let's go more towards the TH2 support, which is, for example, green tea. Also, coffee is a common TH2 elevator, right? So some people, they feel amazing on coffee, right? And it's not necessarily because the coffee is good for them, okay? But rea in reality, it's because probably their TH1 system is elevated and they're creating more of a balance there, okay? Better, better TH2 support is gonna be your green tea, resveratrol, who's heard of resveratrol before? That's in what? Grapes, grapes right, grape skins, exactly. So red grapes, you know, it's also in blueberries, right? Things like that. 
Um, absolutely. Red wine is known for its resveratrol, right? Green tea, grapeseed extract, pine bark. So all of those things naturally boost that TH2. So what you can do is you can actually test, and this is kind of fine-tuning your immune system to see if you're a little bit out of balance and, and really helping your system with some of these herbs get back in balance. Okay, if you have an autoimmune disease, this is something specifically that, that I'll sometimes work with, with individuals with, okay? So let's go on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, if you if your TH1 is elevated, okay, is that what you're referring to? Yes. Then what you want to do is take TH2, stay away from the TH1 support, use the TH2 support to boost your TH2. That'll create more balance. And yep. So typically, and and most autoimmune. Typically, right? I mean, not always, because if TH2 is elevated right? Then that could cause issues. Then you would need to bring your TH1 up. But if TH1 is already elevated, then you want to bring TH2 up and you want to use your immune modulators, ginger, boswellia, turmeric, vitamin D, and the different things we're going to talk about. You can, you can, there are blood, there is blood work you can get done. So if you're interested in that, obviously you can always email me about that. Um, you know, there's tests we can get done across the street. You know, they obviously have to pay for the blood tests and everything, but that lets us know a little bit more of an idea of those things. However, you can also just try, I, I always tell people, you know, reality is I'm going to give you advice and tips, right? And I've done extensive amount of research for all the information I give you guys. However, your body knows best, right? And so I might tell you, hey, take this, right? And your body's reacting like crazy to it. And so we've got to pay attention to those things. So the best thing to do is keep a little journal and you can notice how you're responding to different different herbs, different foods, different things like that. But I'm going to give you the best possible advice as far as, you know, how these things work, okay? So let's move on. Okay, what does that say? No sugar, no sugar exactly. Guess what the preferred fuel for bacteria is? Sugar. sugar. Guess what the preferred fuel for viruses is? Sugar. Guess what the preferred fuel for cancer cell formation is? Sugar. sugar. So Jackson, what does that tell us? Yeah, so, so even though we love it, right, we want to minimize the sugar as much as possible. So what's a better sweetener? Stevia. Stevia, that's right. So let's take a look at some of this stuff. Okay, so we get sick, right? And I know because I used to do this as well. We go out to the store, right, and we get Robitussin, right? Who's ever taken that before? <laughs> a lot of people, right? So we take the Robitussin. Let's look at what's in here. Dextromethorphan, okay? Hydrobromide. Who knows what that is? <laughs> it's not sugar, actually. This is um, bromide. All I remember is from my organic chemistry class is anytime we added bromide, right, to anything, which is it's a halogen on the, on the, uh, on the uh, periodic scale, anytime we added bromide to something, it caused massive combustion, okay? It's very dangerous. Anytime you see bromide in any ingredients that you're using in or around your house, that means cleaners, right? That means food products, medicine, things like that you stay away from that. You don't want that in or around your body, bromides, okay? Methylparabens. Parabens are estrogen mimickers, okay? Meaning that they throw off our hormone balances, okay? So many women come into my office with hormone issues, menopausal issues, right? Nowadays, everybody's telling me that they're losing their hair, right? So a lot of women, I just wrote something up about that, okay? One of the big things is this is we're taking in so many of these parabens in our skin products, in our, our, our medicine, right? In, you know, all these different things. 
And so we got to make sure we're staying away from that. That is very dangerous, methylparabens. Increase your risk of breast cancer, uterine, ovarian cancer, menopausal type issues. Propylene glycol, that's the same thing as antifreeze, okay? So we're putting antifreeze into our body. Sonium benzoate, a very powerful carcinogen. Very, very dangerous. Also linked to things like ADHD, right, and uh, neurodegenerative disorders. So look at that. All those ingredients, extraordinarily toxic in the Robitussin. Now let's look right here. This is the homeopathic, right? So this is, um, you go to the Publix or whatever. This is like your natural one, right? So yeah, here's your, your over-the-counter, you know, medicinal. Here is your kind of your homeopathic. I'm going to go natural. Sorbitol, which is a basically a artificial sweetener, um, very, very dangerous for us. And then look at this, methylparaben, right in there as well, right? And so um, obviously not, not the best stuff. So let's look at this, Flintstones, okay? So look at the top, pediatrician's number one choice, right? So um, who took Flintstones at some point in their life? Raise your hand. I did. I love my Flintstones. In fact, gave them to the kids. The, yeah, exactly, guys. Yeah, a lot of you guys probably gave them to your kids. I remember, right, and my mom was into health, right? She was always kind of into health. We had Flintstones. I still remember I was like probably seven years old climbing up on the counter, right, opening the, the cabinet because my mom had them on like the top cabinet pulling them down, right? And, and I ate the whole thing. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome, right? Because Flintstones taste great. I was like, mom can't get mad at me. These are vitamins, right? It's got to be good. And so, and so that started my sugar addiction, right? So, um, so, but let's look at this right here. Sorbitol, obviously we said that's, a, that's an artificial sweetener. Very bad for us. Um, natural and artificial flavorings, okay? Which, um, is that good or bad when you see that? That's bad, right? That is bad. So even if it says natural flavorings, it's not, okay? You guys have to understand, even things that say natural flavorings, um, there's, law, there's laws that have been passed that um, allow them to put in things that are really artificial, right? I mean, completely artificial in nature, including MSG, right? And label it as a natural flavoring, okay? Gelatin, which unless it says, unless it says it's from a vegetable source, comes from what? Horse hooves, right? Exactly. So uh, not a good thing. Okay. Carrageenan, which is a very, very debatable product. Um, and um, a, for a lot of sources, it is a cover name for MSG, monosodium glutamate, right? Which is a no neurotoxin. Let's look at this. Most of you guys know what this is. Hydrogenated vegetable oils. Okay. What is that? Bad. Trans fat, right? Very toxic. Obviously, FDNC, red number 40, Lake. FDN, I mean, look at all these things. And so let's look at this. Okay, so models of health. Okay, so I always say, do you guys really want your kids looking like this? Now, the men say, you know what? The women, they don't look so bad, right? <laughs> However, do you really, here's the other thing. Who's watched Flintstones? Do you really want your kids to, to think like that, right? <laughs> That's what we got to ask, right? Because... Um, you know, their brains aren't really firing too well. So let's look at this. Flintstone ironies. So even though it's a pediatrician's number one choice, which blows me away because there are nine products in Flintstones that are, that are known carcinogens, including aspartame, which is a known excitotoxin, damages brain cells, increases the risk of brain cancer, food colorings, which are extremely carcinogenic, all those FDNC, Lake 40s, right? All of those different things, extraordinarily carcinogenic. Partially hydrogenated oils, which are being banned from cities right now, 
obviously because of how toxic they are, but they'll put them in Flintstones and give them to our kids, Carrageenan, which we talked about. And then also I didn't, I didn't uh, label it on there, but there's lots of sugar in there as well, okay? But look at this, guys. The company that makes, PD, that makes Flintstones is Bayer. That's a chemical company. And somebody told me, on, on, I put this on Facebook, somebody told me on Facebook, they said that um, Centrum, right? Centrum Performance, anybody ever take that before, right? Common multivitamin, okay? That's made by Pfizer, another chemical company. What do they know about health, right? So look at this. So this right here, okay? December 1901, all right? Heroin, okay, look at this. Heroin hydrochloride. So they were actually selling heroin, and this goes on. It says um, really good at, eff at effect, like cough drops, right? So if you have a chronic cough, right, take heroin for it. That's what they were saying back then. Okay, so um, does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. That's what they were doing. Yeah, real good idea, right? Exactly. So um, nowadays they just feed us um, Lipitor, which isn't a whole lot better, right? Destroys brain cells. One of the worst things you can put in your system are... Um, are cholesterol-lowering medications. No, they, they do us no good, and they, all they do is damage brain cells and muscle cells in our body, okay, and liver cells. Look at this, everyone's favorite, zinc lozenges. So my dad was all about these things, right? We got sick. It was like, my, fortunately, my family, we didn't go to the pediatrician. We didn't have a family doctor, right? We, um, my mom always believed in doing it naturally. She'd make a big thing of chicken soup and stuff. But what we would always get are these vitamin C you know, little sucky things, right? Zinc, lozenges, you know, all this stuff, right? Look at this. So the zinc lozenges, corn syrup in there, what's that turn into? Sugar, right? Sucrose, what does that turn into? Sugar, natural flavors, what's that? Who knows, right? Artificial flavorings, right? MSG, stuff like that. Look at the vitamin C lozenges, sugar, which is sugar. Starch syrup, which is another name for what? Sugar. Natural flavors, which is... MSG, right, and all kinds of bad stuff, right? So obviously um, not good, right? Now this is a little bit better. Obviously we got a couple good herbs in there. How, that's right. However, we also have sugar. It doesn't make sense if bacteria, viruses, cancer cells all feed off of sugar to take sugar when you're feeling sick. No, no right? It makes no sense. So let's look at our immune modulators and let's, uh, let's, let's go through this, okay? So obviously these are the things we're going to really focus on. And if you want to be healthy and you want to avoid getting sick ever again, this is your critical 10 things that you need to know and you need to consistently boost and keep normalized on a regular, excuse me, on a regular basis right here. Okay, so we're going to go through one at a time. So vitamin D, right? So where do we get that from? The sun, right? So it's the sun vitamin, okay? And it's so critical for our body. Unfortunately, over 80% of our population is deficient in vitamin D. They don't have their levels where they're supposed to be. And so the sun is obviously the most critical thing. We're not getting out in the sun enough nowadays. So unless you're regularly in the sun, right, you know you're, you've been detoxing, you know your liver is healthy, right, your kidneys are healthy, right, you really ultimately should be taking some level of vitamin D supplementation, okay? Or, you know, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. Believe it or not, even though we hear otherwise, Tanning beds are a lot better for you as long as you're doing other, the other right things than they are bad for you. Tanning beds and the sun does not cause cancer, believe it or not, right? So according to uh, you know, a popular belief, um, you know, getting out in the sun is the worst thing you can possibly do for your skin. Same thing with tanning beds. But believe it or not, 
it actually helps stimulate vitamin D. Now there are better tanning beds. Obviously there are safe tanning beds that don't have any of the harmful rays that, are, that have the natural um, radiation frequency, right? And those are a lot better. In fact, I have one, I use that. And so, um, but, uh, but ideally, guys, that we're getting out in the sun regularly, but in, in the wintertime, nothing wrong with going to a tanning bed. Here's the problem. And this is what most people do wrong when they go into the tanning bed, number one, and when they go into the sun. Number one, what do they put on their skin? Sunscreen, right, or sun tanning lotion or, something, or, or you know, an internal bronzer or something like that. Are those things good or bad? Bad. You turn the label over and it is just like a toxic dump, right? So they're putting all these toxins. Anything you put on your skin crosses over into your bloodstream. Guys, we've got to understand that. Crosses over into your bloodstream and it's anything you put on your skin, you should naturally, you would naturally, it would want, you'd want it to be something you would eat, right? So if it's not something you would eat, you really ultimately shouldn't be putting it on your skin. So they put all these toxins that seep over, cause massive problems in our body. And as a typical American, are they, do they have a lot of antioxidants in their diet? Typical American, no, they're right. They're antioxidant deficient. And so when we get in a tanning bed or when we get sun, we produce free radicals. It's actually a positive stress. Remember we talked about the stresses? It's a positive stress that our, naturally our body should adapt to. Now, I don't recommend getting burnt, okay, obviously, right? Common sense. You don't want your skin to be pink. It should take on kind of a natural slight tan. And if you go to the tanning bed and you're in there too long and you're pink, that's not good, right? You need to go in for a less time and build up, right? You don't want that response. That's bad, okay? However, you should get like a natural light kind of a tan and you should have enough antioxidants in your diet to where obviously you can provide um, the antioxidants to, to, to neutralize the free radicals. Then it becomes amazingly good for you because you're producing that vitamin D. Can so you can't if you're getting it from the sun and from a sun tanning bed. However, if you are, if you are taking it obviously in a supplement form, you definitely can. Okay. And we're going to talk about that. So very, very key. Vitamin D is probably one of the most important things you could possibly do for your immune system is get your vitamin D levels. Really, ideally, I always tell people between 60 and 100 nanograms per milliliter. Okay. And that's really the new research has come out. And I really need to update this. It shouldn't say between 50 and 65. It should say 60, 60 to 100. Okay. And so here's the problem. When you go to your doctor, your, your general practitioner, and you get blood work done, okay, they're looking at a different scale. And the scale they look at is what is good for bone health. Okay, so they're thinking about bone health. And what we know is if you are under 32 nanograms per milliliter, then that is dangerous for bone health, right? Like rickets, osteoporosis, osteopenia, things like that. Okay, so really, if you're over 32 nanograms per milliliter, research shows that you're going to have enough vitamin D to produce healthy bones, okay? So if you know anybody or if it's you yourself that has osteopenia or osteoporosis or obviously rickets, right, that's a sign that they are very, very extremely deficient in vitamin D. So osteoporosis is not a calcium deficiency. This is so key to understand. In fact, taking calcium for osteoporosis will not actually, it won't help you, okay? Because it's not addressing the cause, right? And there's several mechanisms that cause problems. One of the most important things though is to get the vitamin D levels up higher, 
Okay, very, very key. Same thing with osteopenia and obviously rickets um, as well. Now, with your vitamin D, it needs to be above 32, absolutely, but it needs to be well above that. If you're 33 nanograms per milliliter, your medical doctor will say, you're great, you're good, right? We don't need any more. Stay right there, okay, maintenance dose. However, that's still way too deficient. We need it, like I said, above 60 nanograms per milliliter. Now, here's a key thing. If you go, and a lot of people have, right, they go to their doctor, I see this all the time, and they take a prescription vitamin D. Here's the big thing. In order for anything to be a prescription, right, in order for it to be patented and made into a prescription, it can't be something that's naturally produced in nature. It has to be synthetic. So when we're taking synthetic vitamin D, it's actually vitamin D2, ergocalciferol, not vitamin D3. Is that good or bad for our body? Bad. bad. Absolutely. It's bad. Exactly. And so it needs to be good, right? It needs to be vitamin D3, right? Which is obviously going to be the right type. So that's what we want to use. Obviously, you know, the best way to take it is in a liquid emulsified form. If you are real deficient, um, talk to me about it. Obviously, what I always recommend for people that are severely deficient 50,000 units a day for a month, right? And then we start to taper off 10,000 a day, right? And obviously, based on your skin color, skin color is also going to let us know how much, bless you, how much vitamin D you can absorb from the sun as well. So that's definitely a blood test I would recommend. You know, if you can afford it, I think it's like across the street, it's like 100 bucks or something like that. Sometimes your insurance will pay for it, sometimes they won't. I don't know. Um, but that, I don't, you know, personally, I don't take any, I don't, you know, if I tell you to go get it, I don't get anything from that, but at least we know where your vitamin D levels are so we can really specifically address it. Okay. Um, if not, and you just know you're not living a lifestyle that would naturally produce vitamin D, you're not in the sun on a regular basis, right? Um, and, uh, you're not obviously using a, a tanning bed or anything like that. Um, then definitely let's supplement with some vitamin D. The other big thing is EPA and DHA. Very, very powerful immune modulators, okay? And that functions on the cell membrane layer. When it, we come to our omega-3s, it's key. What I always recommend is a gram and a half daily of EPA and DHA. So if you get this oil right here, this is the one that I recommend, the Nordic Naturals oil, a gram and a half would be about a teaspoon a day, right? So not a whole lot. Um, if you're severely deficient, right, oftentimes we might need more, okay? Um, in fact, you know, we could do a super dose from time to time. Not a problem. Okay, so if your body is chronically inflamed, right, or you have a lot of mental type disorders, people with a lot of mental disorders oftentimes are very deficient in um, EPA and DHA because EPA and DHA play a critical role in brain function. So if that's the case, we might need to, to superdose. Do you have a question? Yeah. Um, Lisa, can you go ahead and just turn off the fans real quick? Yep. Thank you. All right. Can you just... Yeah, you can. Yep. It's the wheel on the door. Okay. So water. So next thing we need to really focus on is water. Most primary nutrient next to oxygen, right? So we got to make sure that we're regularly hydrating our system. 98% of Americans are regularly dehydrated. And then this time of year, right? This time of year, we're not drinking as much because it's cold out. So we got to make sure we're constantly flushing our system, constantly drinking. What I recommend is, is ideally we should be we should be saturating our cells on a regular basis. So like take a swig every 15 minutes if you can, right? If you're able to do it, just take a swig of water every 15 minutes, two ounces every 15 minutes this time of year. So we're constantly saturating our cells, providing the environment that, that they can function most effectively with, right? So very, very key. 
All right, and there's a reason why, obviously, this time of year, right, people get sick with fever, flu, right, all these different things more so than any other time of year. Why do you think that is? A couple reasons. Why the holidays cause more? Too much sugar, sugar, right, because obviously that's what everybody's eating, right? And then, obviously, Christmas creates more what? Stress, right, because you're trying to get presents for everybody. You got in-laws coming in. You got all this stuff or you're traveling, more stress, too much time indoors. So what happens to our vitamin D levels? They go down, right? Exactly. And then we're not drinking as much, right? So you start adding this stuff up. You create an environment that allows opportunistic organisms like bacteria, viruses, stuff like that to really start to take hold. So our next step really, guys, is we got to make sure the water we're drinking is not tap water. Very, very dangerous. Chlorine, mercury, all these different bad things that are in there. We want to obviously drink um, some level of, uh, of, of, um, of uh, filtered water, right? Ideally, like a reverse osmosis, right? So chlorine they put in to use the sterilized water destroys the bacterial balance. Chlorine will destroy your immune system when you're exposed to it regularly. Causes excessive amounts of free radicals that also alter DNA in our body. Increases our risk of cancers. Now, here's the thing we got to understand, Okay. Not only is this really bad, obviously, to drink on a regular basis, why we got to have filtration on our water systems, but also hot shower. Let, let's think about, I always tell people, take the shortest amount of shower as you can. Don't sit there in a shower, right? And the reason why is this. The longer you sit there, unless you have just an amazing filter on your, on your system, the more chlorine, fluoride, and toxins you're putting into your system. Take short showers, better for the environment and better for your body overall in general. I mean, for me, I take very, very quick showers. And, you know, if you can do it, now this isn't for everybody, but if you can do it, taking a cold shower is actually better because hot showers, you're going to produce, unless you have a filter on it, hot shower, you're going to produce a chlorine vapor, right? That's more dangerous for your system. So toxicity, we do, I do a lot on that in March. So in March, I'll talk more about toxicity. But reality is that, you know, hot shower can be, you know, you take a five-minute shower, it takes 68 cups of ingested water. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. So we want to make sure we're keeping those showers down. Less time you spend the shower, honestly, it's better, okay? So chlorine and cancer, 9% of all bladder cancer cases, you know, um, it increases the risk, right? Increases the risk of, of colon cancer by 50 to 100%. Look at that, right? Just that chlorine intake, drinking tap water, stuff like that. So we got to make sure that um, we're removing that as much as possible. Also very highly associated with symptoms of gout, okay? And so anybody here have gout or know somebody with gout, make sure you let them know, right? Let them know about this, okay? So we got to keep drinking, right? Absolutely, but we got to make sure it's well-filtered water, right? And what that means is ideally reverse osmosis, right? So we're looking for that reverse osmosis water, okay? Obviously, we got to make sure we got our, our minerals. So we've got good salts. Who uses the good salts? Awesome. Well, you guys are doing a great job. If you're using the good salts, I really want to commend you. We're using, we're looking at the pink salts, right? Redmond's Real Salt, right? Himalayan Sea Salt. These pink salts are absolutely phenomenal for good health. So we want to make sure we're using it on a regular basis. We're putting that in our foods. Phenomenally good. Such a big difference than regular table salt. We also want to make sure we're loading up on antioxidants. So antioxidants, we get those obviously in fresh and ideally, you know, raw as much as possible, fruits and vegetables, right? So who here eats 12 to 14 servings, fruits and vegetables daily? Only a couple people, right? Guys, I probably don't either. That's where supplements help, okay? 
because it's tough to really do that in our diet regularly unless we're juicing, right? Carolyn probably does, right? She's probably juicing. Jamie, you juice on a regular basis? Yeah, he's, he's putting them in smoothies and stuff, yep. So definitely. But we also have a great supplement right here called Juice Plus. Okay, and actually Lisa's right over there, so you can talk to her at the end. But Juice Plus is, is a phenomenal product, right, which really helps boost antioxidant content on a regular basis, right? We get our fruit and vegetable servings right there. going to naturally keep our oxida- our our our, uh, our 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 body's ability to, to fend off oxidative stress at a higher level. Okay, so that's key to be taking on a regular basis. And then we also want to add a lot of these different herbs. So these are the top ten antioxidant-rich herbs. So cloves, most antioxidant-rich herb is cloves. That's what I put on my skin on a regular basis, right? Coconut oil, and I put I'll put cloves or I'll put essential oil of cinnamon on my skin. And for a couple reasons, coconut oil is actually the best moisturizer. It harmonizes with the sun, right? And it actually provides an antioxidant protection on our skin. So it's the best thing you can do before you go into the sun and after you go into the sun is actually use coconut oil. Put that on your skin. Also a great deodorant because it's naturally antibacterial and antiviral. And when we have, when we have bad BO, right, that's because bacteria right, is, is literally eating sugar that's on our skin, right? Really, I mean, it's really ultimately what happens. And so the coconut oil actually harmonizes the good bacteria that's on our skin while actually destroying the bad pathogenic bacteria. So it really helps harmonize it. It's also very anti-aging to put on our skin. Then I'll put some of these different essential oils on. And, and, and when you're looking for a good essential oil, you know, ideally you want to find something, right, that's, that's high in antioxidants, but you also want to find a smell that you like. So I like to use the clove and the cinnamon, very rich in antioxidants, very powerful, refreshing smell. So I'll put that on, and that's really my deodorant. That's what I use for deodorant. It works phenomenally well. Who tries that? Who tries um, using coconut oil for deodorant? Anybody in here? Jamie, you use that, right? Works great, doesn't it? Absolutely, because here's what we know, is that typical deodorants, right, Arm & Hammer, um, you know, Gillette, all these, all these deodorants, very toxic for our body, increase our risk of getting breast cancer, right? Breast cancer, all different types of cancers. So very extraordinarily toxic for our body. We got to take that out. That is a key. If you want to be healthy, you want to make sure you're getting that out of your system. So then a lot of people try to go the, the, the natural route, right? You go in and you get like Jason's brand or you get a salt crystal or whatever it is. Do those things really work? No, they make you wor- smell worse, right? But I will tell you the coconut oil work great and get some good essential oil, right? Some of you guys, you might like different types, peppermint, right? Or, um, you know, obviously I like the clove or the cinnamon, but you can get different types. Do you have a question? Coconut oil? I'll actually take it with my hands and I'll just put it like right on my skin. And your body heat, especially after a shower, your body heat will naturally melt it, right? So I like to keep it to where it's solid, right? I don't want to keep it in a warm environment where it's liquid. It will melt quicker, actually, if it's solid and I just kind of rub it in, right? I put it on my hair. It is so great for your hair, your scalp, for... um, I mean, it is phenomenal for your hair. This, I don't shampoo my hair. All I do is put coconut oil on it, right? And it works unbelievably well. I mean, I'll go underwater, but I'll put it under coconut oil. It's great for your skin. Yeah, it's, it's so good for you. So, so you're using it while you're bathing or after you shower? After I shower. After I shower, I put it on my skin. Naturally cleans it, right? So good. So ground cloves, ground cinnamon, oregano, turmeric, cacao, right? So we'll talk about, obviously, cacao. Um, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about our healthy recipe day that's coming up. 
but we want to make sure we're using a lot of these things. Cumin seed, dried parsley. Who likes parsley? Right? Parsley is great. One of my new newsletters is coming out. It's going to be about that. Dried basil. Baking chocolate. Who was here for our healthy recipe night when we made chocolate milk, right? So I use baking chocolate, and you can see cacao is the raw form, right? It has a lot more antioxidants. However, baking chocolate still, if you're getting a good organic 100% chocolate, still has a lot of antioxidants per ounce, right? Um, and then curry powder, obviously loaded up with turmeric. So we want to put these things in our diet. So next big term that I'm going to talk about is glutathione. And guys, I'm really trying to cover all the bases. My goal is that if you guys can take just even just one or two of these things out of this workshop and start to apply it, that's success to me. But I am giving you the whole overview. I mean, I can literally do this right here for, for medical doctors. We're going into that kind of depth, right? So that way you guys really understand the depth of this. So we're looking at glutathione, right? Glutathione is our body's master antioxidant. So very, very key for our body to detox itself. All right, and so most people are deficient in glutathione stores, and that causes oxidative stress in our body. One of the best sources um, of, of, of producing glutathione in our body is a high-quality, non-denatured whey protein powder. Okay, and this is something that I take regularly. I put it in my shakes. Who uses this regularly? From a grass-fed cow, non-denatured whey protein. I definitely commend you for using this. It is absolutely phenomenal for boosting that. It will boost brain function will boost your body's internal ability to detox itself. Very, very good, okay? Um, other good sources, outside of the whey protein, that's the best. Other good sources would be um, eggs. So eggs are a good source, right? So you wanna make sure you're, you're eating eggs, cage-free organic eggs. Um, avocados are good. Um, asparagus is good, spinach, right? So a lot of these, um, these vegetables like that. Um, we also need selenium in order to produce glutathione. So selenium very rich in our Brazil nuts, right? And so what are our best nuts? Almond. Almonds, very good nut, very high in tyrosine. Pecans, so Joyce said pecans. Pecans are the most antioxidant-rich nut. What else? Walnuts, walnuts are good, high in ALA, alpha linoleic acid, which is a, a small chain omega-3, so very good. What else? Brazil nuts, of course, because their ability to produce selenium and help produce glutathione. What else? Pistachio. Pistachio aren't the best. That's a good answer. They're not the best kind of nut. Macadamia nuts would also be good. Pumpkin seeds, incredible sunflower seeds. So let's go into this a little bit more. So zinc, we need to make sure we have sufficient levels of zinc. So we get zinc in our good salts. We want to make sure we're using that. Pumpkin seeds, one of the best sources, especially if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, make sure that you're using pumpkin seeds regularly. And then free-range meats, okay? Free-range meats are an incredible source of zinc. Bless you. All right. So very key. Ginger and garlic. So who uses garlic regularly? Awesome, right? So we've got to make sure, obviously, we're using garlic. Nat, one of nature's most amazing antivirals and antibacterials, right? Absolutely incredible antiparasitic, right? Absolutely incredible. We put garlic... Freshly chopped is actually when it's most effective. It produces allicin in our body, um, natural sulfur-containing compounds that helps detox us and helps build, again, um, kind of that, that um, antibiotic type of form. So rather than going for the antibiotics, gar guys, garlic works just as well, right? In nature, this is a medicinal. I always tell people this is a medicinal. Garlic is like a natural blood pressure-lowering, antibiotic, immune-boosting medication, right? So... 
really ultimately, unless it's an absolute emergency bacterial meningitis, right, that's going up into your brain, nobody should be on antibiotics in my opinion, right? Nobody should be on antibiotics, okay? There are so many things that we can use naturally that don't have the side effects that are so much better for our body. And so one of those things is garlic, ginger, which is absolutely incredible. One thing I'm gonna show you guys how to use with ginger, we're gonna do this for a healthy recipe day, and I'm gonna talk more about this at the end of the workshop. Healthy recipe day is gonna be December 18th. It's gonna be a Saturday at 12 o'clock. I'm gonna show you how to make a ginger aid, right? A lemonade and a ginger aid. So a very a sweet, refreshing, electrolyte boosting ginger drink that's actually health enhancing for your body, no sugar in it, sugar free, right? So I'm gonna show you how to do that. Ginger is absolutely incredible for us. Obviously, we talked about coconut. Coconut is one of the, one of the best things you could possibly do for your system. Um, in fact, I'm gonna have a newsletter that talks all about how to break down how much coconut oil that you're getting into your body regularly. During Thanksgiving, I read, I read probably the top book on coconut and it talked about how every individual, it depends on your body weight, of course, but we should all be getting between three and four tablespoons of coconut oil daily. And it gives ratios, and I'm gonna write a newsletter about this, of how much coconut oil is in coconut milk, right? So per ounce of coconut milk, how much coconut oil is in there. So you can factor it out based on how much you're putting on your skin, how much um, you know, you're taking with coconut milk, coconut flakes, all that kind of stuff. So you'll have ratios for how to actually use that appropriately. But this is one of the best things you can do for your thyroid, for, for um, reducing uh, inflammation in your body, for reducing your risk of cancer, of heart disease, and, uh, and of ultimately of, um, of getting sick again. So he's using coconut on a regular basis. So one of the keys with coconut is lauric acid, which is a medium chain saturated fat that is absolutely incredible for you. In fact, coconut oil is the closest thing in nature to mother's milk, right? So it's the closest thing to mother's milk, and mother's milk's considered to be the best thing for our body, right? So it's the best thing for our body's health, and coconut oil is the closest thing in nature, so we wanna use that. And lauric acid helps build our immune system, so very, very key. Obviously, on top of that, we wanna make sure that we're getting the appropriate amount of rest, right? So who here gets, you know, seven to nine hours of sleep daily? Good, excellent, so not many hands up, right? So what does that mean? And guys, this is where I fall short a lot of times too, is I don't sleep enough. But I've, over the years, I know this is the most critical thing. And guys, when, we, when our body is giving us that warning sign that it's tired and exhausted, we wanna listen to that, right? We wanna support it. When we're sleeping effectively, particularly when we go to sleep early, I tell people at least, at least by 11 p.m., right? When we're going to sleep early, that naturally allows our body to produce melatonin which is one of the most powerful immune-boosting hormones, even though we know it for sleeping, really helps boost our immune system, as well as growth hormone. Growth hormone is your body's natural anti-aging hormone. So if you wanna, you know, anybody here wanna be 90 but look like they're 60, right? Or be 60 but look like they're 40, right? Probably most people. Boosting your growth hormone is the key. And we don't need to do that from injections and things like that, like a lot of celebrities do. There's a natural lifestyle that boosts that, and part of that is obviously sleeping effectively, okay? And then obviously, one of the most important supplements that you could take would be probiotics, okay? There's nearly one quadrillion bacteria in our bodies, so that's more than 10 times the amount of cells in our body. So if we were to really look at our bodies under a microscope, we're like a living, breathing bacterial hotel, 
right? So that makes you feel good about yourself, right? So there's over 500 different species of bacteria, and the ideal ratio is 85% good, 15% bad. So ideally, a baby's first meal, as it comes down the birth canal, the first meal should be, right, should colonize and support the body. And so that first meal should actually go right through the vaginal canal and obviously um, bring lots and lots of good bacteria into those mucous membranes, right? However, oftentimes, you know, if um, mom is deficient in good bacteria or if we have, um, you know, a cesarean section, we miss that first meal. You guys see that? And that's what kickstarts the immune building. So very key. So types of bacteria, right? You guys, you guys have heard of like acidophilus, right? So we have lactobacillus that, um, that helps uh, predominate our small intestine, helps us absorb nutrients. We also have bifidobacterium that helps build our large intestine, our colon. We also have pathogenic bacteria. You guys all heard of E. coli, strep, staph, salmonella? Well, here's, here's a little note for you guys. All of those different things, strep, right, staph, salmonella, all those things, right, our body right now, we have it all in, in our body right now as we speak, okay? So you have salmonella, you have staph, you have strep, you have E. coli, you have all of those things. The biggest difference is this, guys, is that our body, right, that when we have a good checks and balance system, right, we don't actually have, obviously we don't, we don't end up getting, you know, infections with those. Our body's able to keep it in check. However, when our good bacteria minima, right, when it gets reduced, right, or our body's under too excessive amount of stress, that's when it causes problems. So probiotics, one of the most powerful supplements you can use to help balance that system. When we look at the bacterial wars, we know that waste, so in our intestines, when we get backed up in like our large intestine, right, or our colon, that creates an environment for pathogenic bacteria to start to basically thrive, right? And they'll start to feed off of that, and that creates the environment for them to thrive and obviously causes a lot of problems. So the good bacteria compete with the pathogens and really provide a, more, a healthier environment for our body. The other cool thing about probiotics is they actually provide, like acidophilus itself excretes three natural antibiotics. So probiotics act as natural antibiotics, right? Where they actually help um, destroy bad bacteria in our system and they create a zone of inhibition, right? And, and so basically they, they, they help promote life and health and help obviously destroy um, bad bacteria. So probiotics and immune function. So when we look at this, one research found that you have a seven, look at that, that percent, right? So 1,709% increase in this component, tuner necrosis factor alpha levels, right, upon viral challenge. So when they're challenged with the virus, right, after they had taken a probiotic for about a month, right, a high-quality probiotic. So one of the most powerful things for your immune system is obviously taking those probiotics, okay? Now, finally, the last big issue we're going to talk about is really what we've done in the past. And so when we look at this, the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, and this is key that we understand this, okay? It was the greatest plague of modern times. So 20th century, greatest plague was this 1918 swine flu pandemic, estimated to kill between 25 to 40 million people worldwide, okay? But many studies show that those under chiropractic care during the time had far better chance of survival. So let's look at the, the actual statistics. In Davenport, Iowa itself, one out of 15 people under medical care died from the flu, one out of 15, okay?
okay, at Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport. Okay, this is obviously where people were being treated. 1,635 flu cases came in, only one fight fatality, right? Only one person out of 1,635 people died, okay? Outside of Davenport, chiropractors adjusted 4,000. It was just very early days of chiropractic, 735 people that had come in specifically with the flu, okay? They only had six deaths out of that number, one out of 866, okay? The same people, the same amount of people, look at this right here, medical care, okay? People that went to the medical doctor with the flu at that, that period of time, one out of 17 died. Osteopathic care, and osteopaths, some of you guys might know, a little bit of osteopathic, right? More, obviously nowadays, it's pretty much the same as a medical doctor, but back then they were very, very, they used to do different types of adjustments and, and, and you know, different things like that, and they really focused on blood flow in the body, so a more naturalistic approach, they did better than a medicine, right? Medical doctors, one out of 36 died. Chiropractic care was the one system that worked on harmonizing the, the nervous system, right? So it worked with the nervous system. One out of 886 people died. This is actually, believe it or not, chiropractic was, was, a, was very new, and it was focused specifically in the, um, in the Midwest. After the 1918 swine flu, it grew incredibly. In fact, medicine actually, um, they tried to basically get rid of it because obviously it was, um, it was seen as a threat after this. Okay. Before that, there was no major, uh, there was no major threat. And so we look at this, you see the master control center, right? So we have three, three systems that really control the function of our body. Okay. That's your nervous system, your immune system, and your endocrine, your hormonal system. Okay but your nervous system is the king, okay? It rules everything, okay? And so a new study that there's a new line of study, it's called neuroimmunoendocrine system, right? So it's, you know, our nerve system, immune system, and our, our hormonal system. But it's always nerve system first because that's what controls everything. Because when we look at this, we are talking about the power God put within us. It all comes from where? Our brain, spinal cord, and nerve system, right? So for your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe, for anything in your body to heal, that life, that power has to flow from the brain down through the spinal cord and over those, over those nerves, right? If I cut the nerve to the heart, what happens to the heart? Dies immediately, right? Is that, is that a belief or is that a fact? That's a fact, exactly. So instead of me cutting that nerve, let's just say a bone moves out of position, puts pressure on a nerve, okay? The weight of a dime on a nerve cuts off 50% of the nerve supply, right, to that organ, right? So now there's damage to that nerve, okay? Is the, is the heart now, if it's going out to the heart, is it functioning good or bad? Bad, right? It's functioning abnormally, building abnormal cells. If there's nerve blockage right here going out to the sinuses, controlling the immune system right up here in the upper cervical region, right? Is the immune system going to function and adapt appropriately or inappropriately? inappropriately, right? You guys see how this works, right? So the most important thing, we can have optimal vitamin D levels. We can be drinking water. We can be using coconut. But if we have damage to our upper cervical spine right up in this area, it's going to alter immune function. It's going to alter our body's ability to really self-heal and self-express itself. It's going to start, our body is going to start adapting to an environment it's not in and cause a chronic stress response that's going to cause the immune system to go haywire, causing every kind of condition you could possibly imagine depending on the genetic tendencies of the individual. So the most important thing we can check 
when it comes to health is number one, making sure we're checking literally the, the, the entire function of that nerve system. And so obviously in our office, one way that we check that is really looking at the scans, right? And a lot of you guys have had the scans done. The scans determine exactly kind of what's going on in the nerve system, how it's adapting, how it's functioning, so that way we know basically how well the organs are, are healing. The other way that we're looking, the other thing that we're looking at is on the x-ray is really looking at the function, obviously the, the curvature in the neck, right, which is called the arc of life, and really the role the spinal cord plays. So when, the, when there's a normal natural curve, there's no pressure on the brain stem, spinal cord looks like this. When we lose that curve, it stretches the spinal cord, causes damage, right, out of these two individuals, right, who's got a, a healthier functioning immune system? Yep. So let's think about one on the left, right? So let's think about this, right? Who's ever known somebody that ate great, exercised every single day, yet still got cancer? Who's known that, right? People do that, right? Think about Dana Reeves, right? She's 44 years old, right? She's, um, you know, obviously she's, she's living this healthy lifestyle, eating organic, exercising every single day, yet at 44 she gets lung cancer. Other people, they're smoking every day, eating junk, never exercising, right? They never get lung cancer, right? Why? Because guess how well her body was healing compared to, obviously, guess how well was she healing, good or bad? Bad, right? She was healing bad, so her body built disease, right? That's why it's so critical that we make sure that our body is healing, is healing and functioning well. The reason why people that are living this lifestyle, this maximized living lifestyle, the reason why people that come into this office regularly, right, and have been checked for years, the reason why they don't get sick is because their nerve system is functioning well, they're keeping their stress levels down, right? They're doing, they're following this, this exact program that I teach. And this is why people that come into this office, right? They don't, we don't get cancer. We don't get heart disease. We reverse those diseases and really allow our bodies to heal the way that they're supposed to. And so with that being said, if you are a guest in the office today, one of the things that we always do for our guests, if you've never had your nerve system checked, if you haven't had the, the digital nerve scans, the x-rays, things like that, typically that's a $250 value in our office for all the, the, the testing and everything that we do um, in order to see what, what level of pressure is on your nerve system, how well your body is self-healing, right? And go over all your specific goals to make sure that you don't get sick. In our office, if you come, because we have an outreach and we're a, we're a ministry in here, if you come to a workshop, I know that you're committed to your health. That's something that's a priority to you. So we do whatever we possibly can to make sure that you optimize that. So as a, as a guest here, okay, if you're a guest, please raise your hand if you're a guest here. What um, Charmaine's going to do is she's going to go around. She's going to make sure that you get scheduled for the evaluation at no charge. Okay, usually a $250 evaluation. We're going to schedule that at no charge. However, it's key to just to make sure that, um, you know, that's something that you're going to show up to. That's something that obviously, uh, you know, you're committed to, to really optimizing your health. So she's going to go around and do that. Okay, with that being said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a couple signs really to, to, to finish this workshop. Um, and this is what we want to make sure we do at the first signs of illness, okay? So those first immediate signs, we have a headache, right? Or um, our, we start having a runny nose, or um, we, uh, you know, we're just tired and fatigued, we're exhausted, any one of those types of things, okay? We wanna make sure that we take action with this. And so the important steps are this, all right? And, and this is really key that we understand how this works. For me, my body is so attuned to the stresses of the day that when I walk out in cold weather, my body immediately will secrete some mucus, right? My, muc my mucosal cells will start to secrete some liquid, 
right here in this part of my nose because it knows it's under a higher level of stress. It wants to make sure it captures any pathogens before obviously damage occurs. So what happens? It starts to secrete that mucus. I know, knowing my body at this point in my life, I know that's a perfectly normal response. I don't even think anything about it, right? All I do is clear my nose a little bit with a tissue or something like that. Perfectly normal response. However, if we're having chronic issues, we gotta start really taking action. So vitamin D, this is what we do, okay? Take your body weight in a thousands of, of international units of vitamin three daily, right? So if you're 160 pounds, what that means, right? If you want to fend this off quickly, right? You take 160 um, international units, right? So that's what you would do, right? So you, you just go ahead and uh, you take that much, right? Don't worry if you think that's too much. Take it until all of a sudden, right? You're over the issue, okay? Probiotics. You take over 100 billion organisms. So we sell a product right over there, and um, it is uh, 66 billion organisms in one capsule. So the best product I've seen, the best value that I've seen. What I always recommend to people is you take two of those capsules. Okay, so if you, you know, the moment of that illness starts, right, you take two of those capsules. Very key. Eat light, because remember we've got all these different energy systems that are competing, right? So we want to eat light. When we eat light, guess what that means for our immune system? More energy. That's right. More energy for it to heal, right? More energy for it to take work. We want to hydrate constantly. You know, hydrate our system. We want to use the good salts to replace electrolytes. Because when you're not feeling good, your temperature goes up. You do what? Sweat, right? So your electrolyte, a lot of your electrolytes start coming out of your system. So make sure you're using some of the good salts. What I always recommend is a good garlic broth. Okay. And if you want to use like um, an organic chicken stock, that's great, or turkey stock, anything like that, fantastic. You can also use a vegetable stock, but very, very key that we, um, that we make sure that obviously we're getting that garlic and the good electrolytes in there. That's key. Okay? Garlic, it depends on the individual. If you typically lo run lower in your blood, sh blood pressure, use less. Okay? If not, or if you have higher blood pressure, you can use more. And it depends on how you feel and what you notice afterwards. If I use too much garlic, a lot of times I would get lightheaded. So, you know, we don't want to use too much, okay? Garlic, ginger, aloe vera. So ginger, I'm going to show you guys how to make that gingerade, right? Aloe vera is another amazing thing that you can use. You can put that on your skin. You can drink it. Aloe vera juice, phenomenal for you. Sleep eight to ten hours, right? So when your body is feeling ill, I always tell people, make sure you go to sleep early, right? kickstart that immune response, get all that energy revved up in your immune system. Very, very key. Get adjusted. I, I can't repeat this more, right? So most people, a lot, and this is a big pet peeve of mine, a lot of people will, um, you know, miss their appointments, right, because they, you know, they have a fever or a cold or whatever it is, right? I let them know, listen, what controls your immune system? What controls it, guys? Your nervous system, right? So the most important thing we got to optimize and coordinate is the nerve system. So we gotta make sure that there's no pressure on those nerves, right? So that way it can optimize itself and function at a high level. Research has shown 200% increase in circulating immunoglobins. When those people had the swine flu, right, 1918, they were getting adjusted, making sure that the nerve system was clear, and obviously they were able to survive and thrive. Light exercise. So light exercise this is key because when we do light exercise, we don't want to do the, our heavy surges, okay, when, when we're feeling ill. But light exercise is key to, to stimulate out, or to sweat out toxins and to increase oxygen. That might mean taking a walk, right? 
maybe taking a walk or just a light jog if you're in good shape, something like that. Something very, very light that doesn't overstress or overtax us, but keeps our body oxygenated, very key, okay? And then the last thing is reduce toxins, meaning um, don't take a warm bath in chlorinated water, right? Um, which a lot of people like to do when they get, feel ill. Don't do that. Um, you know, don't use household cleaners and try cleaning the house with household cleaners, okay? Use, um, there's a lot of other alternatives that you can use. Uh, means, um, you know, not eating junk food and processed foods means all of those types of things. So keeping the toxins out. You follow this plan right here, okay? If you follow that, I can assure you if, if the moment that you're obviously not feeling the way you're supposed to, that you will overcome it quick. You will immediately get into that healing crisis and you will overcome it quick. I assure you of that, number one. Number two is this, is that when we live this lifestyle that I'm teaching, when we do these things on a regular basis, every year we get healthier and healthier and healthier. You start to hit a sweet spot, right? So like I said, I've been, I've been living this maximized living life for about five years now. I've been getting adjusted for, for seven years now. Right, and, and I, I would say this year I've hit a sweet spot more than ever where I just feel absolutely incredible. Like I said, I don't ever plan on getting you know, sick, whether it's a cold, a fever, a flu, or any of those things. I don't plan on getting that. I don't plan, obviously, on, on getting sick and disease when I get older. Right? My mentors, Jack LaLanne, who knows Jack LaLanne? 96 years old, guy can do like, you know, crank out 100 push-ups right here. Okay? Paul Bragg, who taught Jack LaLanne, he died at 97, okay? And he didn't die of sickness or disease. He died because he was surfing in Hawaii, right, in big waves, and he never came back at 97, right? There's young people my age that that happens to them out there, right? So that was Paul Bragg. That was Jacqueline. That's the kind of life that I intend to live, right? And who's with me on that? Who wants to live that kind of life? Yeah, exactly. So here's what we do, okay? Here's what we do. In order to do that, we line up with the principles that I'm teaching. And I want to commend you guys. In reality, to really understand this, the people that come out to these workshops, you guys are in the, the top 1% when it comes to intelligence in our society. There's a million other things you could be doing, like uh, Monday Night Football or a million other things. Okay, The reality is this, that you guys are incredibly intelligent because you're investing your time into learning how to maximize your health in your life and really live this abundant life. The moment you walk out of here, the moment you walk out of here, right, there's a million things, right, a million different influences that are going to tell you opposite, okay? You got to own this information that you learn, and ultimately, my goal, my mission for every one of you guys is that you, you are a living testimonial, right, and, and, and on top of that, that you're able to go out and really teach and preach this message to as many people as possible, and, and I want to commend those of you guys that are already doing that right, taking huge steps in that direction, but that's really ultimately that we want, where we want to get. So on top of that, just to um, make a couple quick announcements, all right, we have our, our next recipe day. It's Saturday, December 18th. I do have a flyer over here. Um, you guys can all grab that. That is our holiday recipe day. I'm going to be making gingerade, lemonade, superfood guacamole, and hummus. Charmaine, what are you making? Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be well. Yeah, it's going to be pretty incredible. So you guys want to make sure you're out there. It's going to be at 12 o'clock. So some of you guys that haven't been able to make out, you know, the night workshops, definitely it's going to be at 12 o'clock, Saturday, December 18th. 
and obviously we're going to go to about two or two or three. Obviously, we're going to have incredible tons and tons of food, all kinds of great stuff. It's going to be amazing. Now, this workshop, okay, would typically, it's typically $10 for this workshop for obviously for help us cover food supplies and everything that we do, okay? Now, if you sign up before Saturday, right, you get an early bird special, which is $5, okay? So, obviously, who knows they want to go to this, right? Exactly. Uh, probably most of you guys. We're going to show you how to avoid the sugar blues, right, how to avoid, obviously, all the, the toxins that we encounter during the holidays. So, really, ultimately, everybody's hand should be up, okay? And so, obviously, you want to make sure you get signed up. You can get signed up as early as, you know, obviously today, right? It's only going to be $5 if you sign up before the end of the day, Saturday, okay? So, that's, you know, first thing. Second thing is, you know, think about the people that you know, right, that are out there that are sick and that are suffering, right, like so many people. And who knows somebody that would benefit from a workshop like this? Who knows somebody, right? Probably everybody. And so, guys, where can we do this workshop, right? A workshop like this or how to build your immune system or whatever it is. I spoke down at Dobbins Air Force Base this weekend, right? Amazing workshop. You know, they, they loved it. Um, in fact, they, they already signed me up to come back in March to do another workshop. I've spoken at many different churches, right? Um, I've spoken at all different types of organizations. If you have a place where you know you want me to speak, whether it's a business, whether it's a church, whether it's a small group, whether it's at your house with 10 people, right? Wherever it is, let me know. We have cards right over here, okay? And you can put down, pe you know, people's names or organizations' names. Um, so that way, obviously, we can do that talk. My mission is to get this, mis this message out to as many people as possible, but I can't do it alone, right? I need your help. And so um, if that's the case, fill this out. And just to make it fun, anybody that, that, um, that s sets up a talk for me, we're going to put you guys in a raffle, and we're, we're raffling off some supplements, a whole maximized living package of supplements. So obviously, um, you know, a little incentive to make it fun. So with that being said, I'm here. I'm available to answer questions. At the end, you guys are our dis classes dismissed. Right, guys did great. You can always email me questions. I can answer questions, and uh, happy to help everybody that's that's here. Okay. And that's the podcast for this week. Don't forget to check out our new website. Just log on to www.exodushc as in healthcenter.com. See you next time.